So once people are settled again, we can uh, open things up for some dialogue. And also would ask, uh, we have a, a wandering microphone here, so if people have a question, if you could wait till the microphone reaches you, then everyone can hear uh, what the question is. Um, I'm not sure whether this is a very banal question. I just wondered whether meta and gratitude are connected, whether one, if one is feeling gratitude, that is in some sense connected. It's more a sort of Christian idea, perhaps. Well, it's a very Buddhist idea as well. Uh, gratitude, um, yeah, the Pali word for it is uh, katanyu, katanyuta, gratitude. And um, yeah, I'd say this, it's very much uh, uh, connected there. <clears throat> in a way, the, maybe what comes to mind is to maybe describe it as the, the attitude of loving-kindness is that quality of openness, like being ready to accept, oh, this is how things are. And then um, the, uh, the maturation of that is, uh, takes the form of gratitude. So even when things are very difficult or painful, then uh, you can cultivate the quality of gratitude in a sincere way, not just through gritted teeth, <laughs> but uh, that quality of gratitude, even for the, for the, the difficult or challenging situations. Like uh, a couple of years ago, one of the senior monks from our community in, in Thailand was visiting Ajahn Liam, and uh, somebody asked him, what were the uh, most sort of problematic obstacles in his in his um, spiritual life, you know, what had been difficulties for him. And he, he thought for a moment and said, well, in the past there was uh, a, a lot of fear, you yeah, know, uh, that was a big obstacle, but, you know, even using the word obstacle or problem, that's not really accurate, because uh, the, the things that we would not choose, the things that are challenging in that way, they help us to develop capacities that we would never otherwise uh, have cause to, to bring into being. And so that uh, you know, the things that you would uh, take as, as, um, as obstacles, if you are uh, working with them in a, the, in a most um, skillful way, you develop a gratitude for them because they are what help you to raise your game, that uh, you are, uh, say, ready to, to learn lessons from, from everything, the, the wanted and the unwanted and the neutral. So that, again, it's, it's important that gratitude is not just a kind of sentimentality, but it's something that, that, that's genuine. And uh, it's also, um, if you have that in mind, that that's, a, that's a, a noble and beautiful quality to, to cultivate, it also holds up a mirror to our ungrateful tendencies, you know, a sense of resentment or how dare you or I didn't ask for this or I've had enough. And uh, it, uh, at least the mind can recognize, yeah, I don't feel a shred of gratitude here. Uh, I'm just taking this completely for granted. I feel a sense of entitlement or resentment. Look at that. So uh, as, I, as I was having a conversation with our friend here in the in the break about how yeah, and, and it was also I was referring to in the talk that the challenge is always to to stay with the experience that you're feeling it as you're feeling it. So rather than climbing over your 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 resentment to get to a grateful place on the other side, to be able to receive that quality of 
of resentment to be able to say, oh, okay, well, right now I feel um, hard done by, or I feel uh, uh, you know, ungrateful, uh, I, I feel closed. That's what's happening. Uh, not that you're, you're justifying or saying it's a, a good thing, but here's this feeling of resentment. And you, so starting off with that uh, openness, or here's the feeling of resentment. Here's that, you know, how dare you <laughs> feeling. And then when there's the acceptance of that, then and you recognize, yeah, well, that's, that's the effect of a self-centered habit. It's, it, it takes shape like this. Huh. So then you can, exp you can uh, look at that and say, oh, well, now I'm grateful that I've had this really clear snapshot of, of that self-centered reaction that goes on in me. Look at that. And so that there's a, uh, uh, even though it's a painful or negative experience, you can, you can be uh, grateful for that. Was there any other aspect of that you were thinking of in particular? I just wondered who one is grateful to. Who one is grateful to? But what, what, who, <laughs> yes, to whom is one expressing that gratitude? Just for the thing itself, for it being as it is. Well, that's the way I, I, I think about it. I mean, I, I've, I've lived in a non-theistic religious form for all my adult life. <laughs> so I, I don't really think in terms of being grateful to God the Creator, but just... Uh, in a way, grateful to the way things are. You know, grateful um, for the capacity to attune one's vision and one's way of being to how things uh, actually actually are. And so it's not really grateful for someone, but <laughs> more uh, a, uh, a gratitude for the, uh, the opportunity to, uh, to see clearly. Yes, there's a hand there. If you could wait for the microphone to pass that over. It's about four rows back. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yes, hearing you talking about the... Um, the, the, the person who was having his legs and arms chopped off and, uh, and um, you know, how he should be expected, or rather how, how you would recommend that that person um, responds to that situation. Um, it, it got me thinking about also the person who um, usually in our, in our culture and in other cultures too, it's a, a, a woman um, finding herself um, routinely abused by her husband or partner or whoever. And um, very often in the, that kind of situation, um, tending to, um, tending to put up with the situation um, you were saying about um, acceptance um, and acknowledgement that this is how it is and so on, um, as against, in a way, the instinct of fight or flight, the, you know, our sort of um, autonomic sort of response of fight or flight, um, which this... Uh, what you're saying um, of um, 
uh, acceptance would be neither of those. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, where would you? What would you set? say what would you tell us about um that whole thing because of, because uh, we tend to think um why would that person continue to stay mm -hmm. and continue to suffer more and more of that and even go out of her way to try and please the other person in the hope that that person would not continue with this behavior thank you yeah good question um, one of the, the themes that I, I like to um, emphasize is that um, uh, the practice of Buddhism isn't about learning how to be passive. So peacefulness is not passivity, and acceptance doesn't mean capitulation. And, uh, but rather, it's a, an attunement to, to, the, to a situation. So acceptance doesn't just mean accepting and being passive, but it could also be accepting your capacity to, to act, accepting the fact that you do have a, a, a voice in the whole picture, and uh, and then choosing to, to act upon that. Um, so it's, it's one of those strongly misunderstood points that when you uh, when people read Buddhist teachings or you know, hear this these kind of things, and they assume, oh, well, Buddhism's about being peaceful, so therefore you shouldn't do anything. It's about not having any desires, therefore you should not act or not involve yourself. But it doesn't mean that at all. If we look at the, the, just the life story of the Buddha, he did a lot of acting. <laughs> he, was, he took a lot of initiative. Yeah, he was uh, uh, a, uh, a social reformer in, in many, many respects and uh, put into to motion a whole huge array of different teachings and, and, and forms that uh, were... Uh, Productive of all kinds of ripples in Indian society that you know still rippling two and a half thousand years later. So in that kind of situation, that uh, you know, acceptance does not just mean, um, uh, say, tolerating what's being done to you, but it's also accepting your own strength, your own involvement. Saying, no, I, I don't have to to be uh, to be numb here. I don't have to to uh, support this or enable this. Uh, abusive behavior but uh, i have i have resources i have my own voice i have uh, the capacity to act and so in a, in a sense you're, you what you can be letting go of is not your um uh, your capacity your your voice or your uh, your activity what you're letting go of is your resistance <laughs> you can be letting go of your own hesitation to, and uh, a readiness to say okay <laughs> something needs to be done here and so it can uh, it can be um, you know that very act of acceptance leading to you know, speaking up or, or taking action in an appropriate way. But it's also um, if it if uh, it's genuinely in tune with things, then what you say or what you do or how you handle the situation will be in accord with what's really going to bring about a, a good result. It's not just a, a kind of another reaction that's going to um, create more difficulty for yourself or others but it's if it really is coming from an attunement then it'll help steer the situation to a, a more uh, beneficial uh, uh, mode of, uh, of being does that make sense yeah i think so <laughs> <coughs> Thank you.
But does it change? Uh, yes, I mean, uh, how how does this? How can we act, or how can we act to to help to to change the uh, mindset of the person and all the other people who think like that person? Um, so, except the example, for example, of um, the attacks on women in India, you know, the woman in India, well, more than one person, uh, you know, gang raped on a bus and, sto and, and that sort of thing, you know. I mean, the, in other words, there, there, there are widespread cultural attitudes mm -hmm. which, um, uh, you know, can we influence those with our, with our attitude of acceptance? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what I, that's what mm. I would say is that if it's appropriate to speak up and and uh, mm. make a noise, then mm. fine, good. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so that uh, the acceptance is not, as I said, it's not just capitulating to or just um, being passive in the face of a situation, but uh, it's um, recognizing well this this kind of abuse happens in the world. This this uh, horrific and destructive, harmful behavior happens. Just because you recognize that it happens doesn't mean to say you do nothing. <laughs> no, but that the very fact of recognizing, okay, this happens, and you're listening to your own heart and saying, I'm not comfortable, I, I, I need to do something. I feel motivated to, to take some action. But it's also, it, part of that is, okay, now what action is going to be helpful? If I just get, uh, if I just get angry and start uh, attacking, is that going to be beneficial? Now, what ways can I help? What, what, where are the, the points of, of contact, where can I have an influence? What what can be done? So there's a mm. a reflective ele element in there as well, so that your your um, uh, you know your say attuning to the situation is based uh, uh, on that you know as, as full a, an appreciation of what's happening as you can, and then just uh, the exploring, looking at your own resources. Okay, now what can I do? What what's uh, mm. the ways that I can involve myself or have an effect? Here, what's going to be helpful? So there's a that quality of exploring or uh, a wise reflection to see where your your efforts, your energies, your resources can be most helpfully uh, deployed in in the mix and 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 uh, making an effect where we can. So. Thank you. So please, any other questions? Yes. If you can pass the microphone back there. Hi, I just had a question about also this same scenario of the arms and legs. Um, at one point you'd said that if hatred comes up in you, that um, I don't remember the exact words, but I, I guess my, my first thought was, can't you accept that anger or the if in those situations that are really, really taxing us, that are, that are pushing us hard, the first response often is hatred or anger. And one would hope with enough mindfulness that you, that you catch it and, yeah. and see it. Is, is that all you meant, that, that that's okay? Because I guess the, um, the way it sounded with the story was that if hatred came up that you were doing something wrong that you weren't befriending the difficult or learning to be with it um no the, the well the expression that the the buddha used was uh, you know one who 
who cultivates hatred on account of that, like uh, or that expression that Ajahn Sumedho would use, not dwelling in aversion. So that, yeah, that the the waves of of, of hatred or, or resentment are going to come up, but it's that sense of of taking hold of that and and abiding in it uh, and say that feeling of, of justifying it and sustaining it that the uh, as i was saying a few times that that sense of if that feeling of hatred or anger resentment comes up recognizing oh well this is what this feeling is it's here and that very sort of mindfulness of okay that that feeling of resentment hatred has arisen but I can choose not to abide in it. I can choose not to justify it or, or dwell upon that, but uh, to to see that it's a, 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 a unwholesome quality. So you're recognizing yeah, that comes up, but like the, the whole the the whole process, as I see it, is is like having loving kindness for the hatred, <laughs> not trying to climb over the hatred to get to the the place where you have uh, a loving acceptance on the other side, but. It's, it's the challenge is always to receive this thing, you know, what, what the, the immediate feeling is, with uh, um, uh, with that quality of okay, well here it is, or like just like hearing these words now. Um, someone might, you know, some of you might be thinking, well, that doesn't sound right to me, <laughs> or I don't like the sound of that. But to say, okay, that's the feeling of I don't like the sound of that, or that doesn't sound right. To have that sense, of, oh yeah, that's my own self-righteous, um, assertive feeling. <laughs> That's what's happening here, so that uh, it's uh, the, the it takes a lot of mindfulness to really stay with that immediate uh, immediate feeling, and it's not, it's not always a negative thing because it can be like, oh wow, that's really great, that makes all the difference in the world. This is fantastic. Now I've got the answer. Then it's, okay, well that's the now I've got the answer feeling. <laughs> so that it, there's that sense of accepting that without getting drunk on that either. Okay. So it's that's the challenge to always stay with the the immediate. Um, present quality, and say, okay, that's a, this has this particular tone and this this uh, this flavor, and and it's this this feeling here. And the more that we can uh, really uh, sustain that quality of mindfulness and and uh, uh, really reflect on and look at the different patterns of of feeling moment to moment, we find life is a lot more spacious. <laughs> Uh, than we thought before, and also we have a lot. We discover we have a lot more resources to handle different situations than than we thought we had. That uh, so you you you're really training yourself to live from a place of responsiveness, responsivity, rather than just sort of reacting, of chasing after the things that we like and grabbing them, or pushing away and and rejecting the things that we, we don't like. But uh, our tendency to to Get lost in emotional waves is is very very strong. <laughs> so the the more mindfulness that can be developed to be a, a alert to those different changes of feeling, uh, it, uh, the more that we can do that, then the the, the more spacious and um, the, say more uh, capacity to to deal with situations in in an open and balanced way is 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 apparent. Does that make sense? No, it definitely makes sense. I, I think I was just thinking that uh, sometimes um, when you're saying the, saying it like that, um, I think about when anger comes up in me and it, um, it feels a bit like abiding or dwelling, but really it's constantly trying to bring the mindfulness back again and again mm -hmm. 
and then it taking root and then unrooting, letting go, and then it coming back again. So it can, it can feel like um, not just looking left and right, I suppose, and choosing one way or the other, but in, in, in feeling caught for a while mm -hmm. and actually allowing yourself to stay, yeah. to, to just be in the, in the caughtness, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, uh, so, like, I, I did a, a, a year of um, sabbatical in India, uh, back in 2004-2005, I had a, a, a year traveling in India and uh, I decided to try and keep the practice as simple as possible. So I decided I would just meditate on feeling. I thought traveling in India would be a lot of feelings <laughs> and uh, you know, waiting for trains and uh, being sort of out in the, um, the, you know, the dusty paths of India. And uh, so I, I really um, um, Made this the this of this this very kind of practice the the centerpiece of of um, how I uh, was working with the mind day by day moment by moment and uh, it, it was just remarkable to me how just by simply naming the feeling of like so you're you're caught in some situation like how can they have, you know, <laughs> how can the train be eighteen hours late <laughs> yeah that's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, and uh, so I would catch my mind and go, "Oh, this is the how can they? How can the train be eighteen hours late?" Feeling <laughs> that, uh, and just just the simple act of naming what the feeling is, even though it's still there, <laughs> that the simple act of naming it, this is what this feeling is. There's this way that in that moment suddenly there's a disentanglement. It's like, oh, okay, this is a feeling. And whereas the mind is normally swept up in chasing the ones that we like or rejecting the ones we dislike, that oh, this is the um, uh, this is the how can they how can they possibly do that feeling or oh, this is the amazing now I've got it feeling, <laughs> and that 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 simple naming of what the 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 wave of feeling is moment by moment is extraordinarily a very very simple tool, but it's extraordinarily powerful. Thank you. Yeah. You could wait for the microphone to keep. I just have a little bit to add to that. Um, it's it's more of a contemplation than a, than a question, and I just want your thoughts on this. It seems sometimes that um, we do realize this is anger, and you kind of have it on your hand and you look at it, but then you think, like, maybe inside you feel um, the anger is there and you can eliminate but in order to achieve the effects that we need from the situation or the person sometimes that um, the showing of the anger can get a greater and faster results the application of the anger mm -hmm. can get you faster results so for example in the war the two countries try to resolve it peacefully but then it doesn't it doesn't work sometimes, so one will attack the other and that's when the war starts. Or, for example, in the supermarket, a child is trying to um, ask for something and they shout and the, um, a parent would say, no, you're not going to have that, you can't have it. The child will not listen. So until the parent will shout to them, they will not understand. So even though maybe the parent knows that um, it's best not to shout, Sometimes it doesn't work not to shout at the child, if you know what I mean. So you have to, to apply that, 
to get the result you want. So it uh, seems sometimes that the peaceful way of doing things or being polite or being kind doesn't really work if you want to get something. Mm -hmm. So that's a little <laughs> bit annoying, if you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, would, I would agree, but um, there's a difference between being angry and being fierce. It's not the same thing. Because if, if there's anger, then the object of the anger is, is completely other. And there's a destructive element in there. That you know, you're the object of that anger and I want you to be different. And so uh, that uh, I would say that the anger is always going to have a, a negative result. There's always going to be some um, painful and destructive element. But it doesn't mean to say that, uh, that sometimes uh, communications are best delivered at a high volume and with great <laughs> force. <laughs> There's a, a, a story out of the uh, Indian folklore tradition about this um, uh, cobra that lived in the forest. And uh, this cobra would go on, on her hunting rounds uh, uh, every day and she would pass through this little this, this clearing in the forest where a, a, a yogi lived. Uh, a, a rishi. And so the cobra noticed there was this really, really nice feeling in the clearing as she passed through, sort of hunting for her, her daily uh, mice and, and, uh, uh, and uh, animals to catch. And so that she, as she would go uh, through that, the clearing, she would sort of pause for a, uh, a bit and then stop for a bit longer and stop for a bit longer and then began to listen to the, the words that the rishi was, was saying to the other people and animals in the forest. And, and after a while, she, she realized, well, I, I, you know, I know I'm a cobra and we're kind of killers, but you know, I really feel a lot of devotion to this rishi, and so I think I should become a disciple. And so then the cobra goes to the rishi and says, uh, Guruji, uh, you know, I would like to become your disciple. And uh, so then the rishi says, well, this is going to be difficult because, you know, I, I preach a uh, doctrine of, of nonviolence, and yeah, you're a cobra. <laughs> And so, you know, this is going to mean a vegetarian life for you. And, uh, you know, you have, to, you have to give up all violence. And then the, the cobra, sort of sharp intake of breath through the teeth. Mm, I'm not sure about that. Well, uh, <coughs> but, you know, by this time, she's so, um, so inspired and so motivated. She says, well, I'll, gi I'll give it a try. I'll, I'll, I'll give this kind of um, uh, non-violence thing, a, you know, uh, a good go and, uh, and, uh, and uh, I'll... Um, dedicate myself to this, but we'll see how, how things work out. So um, then moving on to a vegetarian diet, then yeah, she's sort of having to adapt to that and then finding she's a bit sleepy. And so uh, from time to time, she's sort of curled up and have a snooze by the path. And then one day, these lads from the village, boys come along and, and uh, give her a poke with a stick and then go running off. And, and then uh, <coughs> they notice to their surprise that the cobra doesn't sort of rear up and chase after them. So uh, next time they come along and they, they, they give her a, you know, an, even, an even harder poke with a stick and, and run away. And, and again, they notice that she doesn't react. A few days later, you know, they, get really, they get really daring. And so then one of, the, one of the boys picks up the cobra by the end of her tail, whirls her around and then throws her up into the tree, sort of on a dare with his, his mates. And so <clears throat> at this point, the cobra with a broken fang and uh, with her scales all sort of ruffled, goes to the 
goes to the Rishi and says, <coughs> Guruji, um, I'm having some trouble here. You know, uh, I'm, I'm, I want to be your disciple, and I take this, this nonviolence principle very seriously. I'm, doing, I'm, do, I'm being vegetarian, which is not easy for a cobra, let me tell you. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm being strictly vegetarian, and I'm happy about that. But, you know, these boys from the village, they're giving me a really bad time. And, you know, not only are they poking me with sticks, but one of them, you know, picked me up by my tail, swung me around and threw me up in the tree. Now, my patience has its limits and I, I'm sworn to non-violence, but, you know, I, I, I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to be able to, to, uh, to, to maintain this because I'm really being pushed here. And the, the Rishi said, well, I'm very, very pleased um, with, with your efforts. This is extremely noble. You know, you're, you're a cobra and to, to undertake a life of nonviolence is, is, is a serious um, commitment for you. And I really appreciate your efforts. And, and it's true, I asked you to, to, uh, to undertake a standard of complete nonviolence and that you should stop killing. And, uh, and yet, you will also, uh, if you, if you uh, recollect, uh, you will remember that I never told you that you couldn't hiss. <laughs> so that's the end of the story. <laughs> so sometimes it's useful to hiss. And so even though we are committed to nonviolence, uh, as I said, sometimes uh, you know, certain communications are best delivered at a high volume with great force and uh, and that's the way to get things across. But as, but there's, as I said, there's a difference between being fierce and being angry. And so, like, if there really is a genuine compassion in your heart, and you really care for the welfare of the other, and you know, okay, I've got to get a message across here, um, so I'm going to have to raise my voice uh, to make this happen, then that's fine. Uh, you know, that that's completely appropriate. But you also, you, you can't uh, then... Uh, just <laughs> so Ajahn Amaro said I could yell, you know, <laughs> and it's all right. So therefore, I'm going to let you have it. Uh, where it's actually just anger looking for an excuse and a kind of stamp of approval. So you, you really have to be clear about your motivation. Which uh, and but uh, I would say it's it's just like our, our, the response to a friend about domestic violence and and such. That uh, you know sometimes the appropriate thing is to make a noise and to to be active and you know in a in a vigorous way but you also got to be really honest about your motivation and say okay uh, is there really any negativity here or is this really it, it's it's for her it's not for me not uh, you know that if i'm if i'm seeing that uh, you know, you need some direction or there's some input or like uh, that uh, that seems appropriate some some hissing <laughs> then uh, you really have to look and uh, consider, okay, wh where's this coming from? And then um, you know, be guided by that. In the heat of the moment, it's not always easy to be <laughs> it's quite so clear. But... Uh, you know, when we are able to 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 uh, really function that way, then it uh, you know that then even if we are uh, speaking in a in a very 
intense, loud, and you know, assertive way, that that quality of of kindness behind it will will communicate itself. It'll be there. It might not be noticed immediately, but that it'll it'll be appreciated later on. Um, could you say a little more about the sort of kind of formal practices that might help towards uh, this attitude of radical acceptance? I'm thinking perhaps in, in my own experience of some of the Brahma Viharas and the meditations that associated with that towards Medita and various other qualities. Can they be helpful in moving towards this radical acceptance? Um, yeah, absolutely. I, it, to, to me, it's just remembering that those those capacities are there and then as you're... Um, Say at the beginning of a of a, uh, a period of meditation, then to uh, just to to set the intention to recollect. Okay, everything belongs. Whatever arises in the mind or in the body, everything belongs. Uh, and so um, uh, uh, here and now, setting the intention to not uh, dwell in aversion. Or negativity towards you know, anything that I hear, or anything that I feel in the body, or any uh, thoughts and, and uh, perceptions that arise in the mind. So setting that intention to to not contend against anything, or not, not to uh, not to cultivate negativity. So you know, basically, every meditation retreat that I teach, I always bring this up on the first evening. You know, pretty pretty much without fail to establish that uh, intention that attitude uh, from the from the beginning and so then as you're uh, say uh, working to focus the mind say to follow the breath or to um, say uh, use the f- feelings of the body then um, that as you see the mind sort of chasing after this or pushing away that then you've got that uh, that uh, recollection. Okay, I, I was. I said I was not going to contend against anything, <laughs> uh, and here I am getting annoyed at that sound that I hear in the room, or I'm, I'm uh, uh, <clears throat> dwelling in fear and negativity towards this sensation in my in my knee. Uh, okay, uh, th- there's there's some uh, there's some aversion going on there. Okay, seeing that, recollecting that there was that intention to not contend, not to to uh, create negativity, then that, that informs the whole way that you're working with the mind. Similarly with mudita, um, like the sympathetic joy, uh, to, um, <clears throat> to have that in mind, say if your mind easily moves towards envy or jealousy or resentment, just to, uh, either in the formal practice, also in your everyday life, just so that when you're, when you're <clears throat> driving up to the aforementioned crossroads, and you go, oh, how wonderful. Uh, the, green, the light has turned green for those other good people. Rather than, damn, you know, it's, gone, it's turned red, I have to stop. Or that uh, you're trying to find a parking space in the, in the car park, and, oh, how fortunate, this good person has found a parking space. <laughs> that, that, it's true, I was going to take that one, but... <laughs> and uh, you know, just having that in mind, just to, to, to see the opportunities that we have to feel joy at the good fortune of others when that reasonable resentment is our first refuge. And so that uh, just bearing that in mind uh, um, to uh, say at the beginning of a period of uh, of meditation, also just at the beginning of the day, I often, it's the kind of thing I recommend, it's like whenever 
if you if you set the intention at the start of the day, okay, whenever I see my mind complaining or contending against anything, and and saying that this is wrong or it shouldn't be this way or, or I, I I can't stand this, to to uh, set the intention to put up a little flag and uh, whenever the mind moves in that direction. So then, it's 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 again it's a simple practice, but it's very powerful when you've you've set that in place. Okay, during today. Whenever the mind moves towards com complaining or resenting or contending against something, to notice that to say, "Okay, this is uh, the uh, it shouldn't be this way" feeling, <laughs> and then that in a way holds up a a, a, a lens to that. We're able to see that and, and notice that those habitual reactions more more easily. Thank you. Yeah, it's also you know with. Um, in the, uh, <clears throat> you know, I've been focusing a lot on the, the um, just talking about the working on our own mind and, and say, not being so concerned about the um, the, the broader effects of, of our, our actions. Um, but uh, you know, our it's it's often the case that something that is a, a small exchange or a, a, a simple. Um, the attitude that we we show to others can have a big effect, or can have a a, a knock-on effect that we, we're not even necessarily conscious of. Like I was saying about Ben and that fellow in Dalston, that you know, it could be that that it has a you know, just that that simple shift in his attitude can have a a big effect down the line. And so, I think it's important not to to ignore the fact that just simple gestures of of patience and and, and a kind of uh, caring response to situations, it doesn't just stop with us as an individual. It can it can ripple out beyond us and in ways that we don't realize. And so, in terms of spreading loving kindness around the world, I would say that's that that can be a, that can be a very um, you know, significant effects that we have in in, in mysterious ways. Yeah, there's a hand at the back there. On the subject of anger, I find sometimes that I get angry so quickly that, that I'm not really able to do anything about it. And then suddenly I find myself angry. And there's no time to dwell on it and say, you know, the horse is already bolted before, <laughs> before, before anything happens, you know. And I was thinking what to do in those circumstances. Good question. <laughs> well, uh, you, you, catch, uh, you catch the horse whenever you can. <laughs> Even if the horse is bolted, you realise, well, that was my horse, so um, <laughs> I better better go out with a bucket of pony nuts and a few apples and see if I can uh, round it up again. So, so in practical terms, what that means is just you know, as you cool down later on, or you know, in the middle of that, and, and th this is, um, you know, I've had experience of this before when you're in some kind of an exchange and someone's really sort of letting rip, then at a certain point they you know they just stop and say. I already lost it there, didn't I? <laughs> and so it's always within our capacity to pull the plug, even if you're sort of you're in full flow. That the moment that the mind recognizes, oh, this is this is really a mess. <laughs> we we have you know, we don't need to ask for permission to say, you know, unplug, <laughs> and to like that 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 person did at that point, like, I've really lost it there. Sorry about that. <laughs> 
and uh, any you know if we've carried away and we've had some whole kind of angry exchange and then we're, we're still fuming and then uh, after a, you know, another hour or two later on in the day the situations of you've moved on from that then to recognize yeah I really lost it there and and now yeah, here's the result of having really lost it it feels like this so you can't undo the things that have been said but you can acknowledge the after effects okay I really lost it I yelled at that person there's now this tense feeling in the air okay now what does it what does it feel like now how is it now yeah what's it, what's the feeling here now that it felt so good to really let them have it <laughs> yes <laughs> okay that felt great to really let rip and, and put them straight now now how does it feel and it, without any kind of um, self-criticism or, or creating more negativity just to bring the attention to that feeling and to recognize oh yeah there's a kind of sick wretched regret <laughs> okay well th that was the cause this is the effect okay duly noted so then to let yourself fully experience the result of it without any kind of commentary or uh, self-justification or self-criticism just okay that was acted on here's the result and then from feeling that that kind of regret or that the the after effects then to say okay now what's the uh, uh, what's the appropriate thing here is there something to be said should I go back to that person and and uh, apologize or what's the best way to, to work with this so that you're acknowledging yes you lost it you can't you know rewind the tape but you're taking the effect of it as you experience it here and now and uh, and then uh, and then being open to okay so do do we need to make some kind of reparation do I need to go and apologize or buy some flowers or <laughs> or uh, or just is it is it too uh, too late to do anything and just the best thing is to leave it alone so to explore that so that's what I mean by rounding up the horse <laughs> that you're you're accepting okay this is what's happened and this it feels like this and also you're not making excuses about that you know that it was a good thing to do or that you feel glad about it just to to be able to recognize okay this is this a painful messy conflicted feel feeling about it here it is so what does this say to me what's what's the, the best way uh, to work with this so then it's it's the case that there, there's no um harm that is not uh yeah that we can't respond to there's there's no situation that is so awful that nothing can be done with it that there's always a way of working you know, even with things that are really you know, destructive or, or real serious damage has been done there's always a way we can take the effects of that and um and turn it towards something beneficial but, uh, and if you if you really look at that how nature works you know, things create their opposites and oftentimes they're really most of destructive and painful conflict can be uh, the the cause for something very you know, beneficial and, and wholesome to come forth from it so it's not a justification for conflict but that can be the result of it okay well we've reached four o'clock now so that's probably enough for today um, I'm not sure what the title is for next week <laughs> but uh, it's up on the list so uh, anyway I hope something uh, has been useful of the uh, the um, 
themes of today and whatever is useful please take it with you whatever is not useful then just uh, leave it behind <laughs>